Blog Talk Radio. And now on Blog Talk Radio, you're listening to Wine Talk with Stu the Wine Guru. Welcome to Wine Talk for today, Wednesday, February 9th, 2011. It's 6 p.m. Eastern, and I'm your host, Stu the Wine Guru, coming to you live from beautiful Coral Springs, Florida, as I always do. Time during the show. Apple.com. You can also go into the live chat room I have here set up on the show page and ask any questions from there or tweet me any of your questions to at Stu the Wine Guru on Twitter and I'll read them live on the show. I want to say thanks to all the listeners out there for getting the word out about my show. Welcome to all of you listening worldwide. I call that the power of the people meets the power of the internet. Now, if you want to find out more about me, just Google Stu the Wine Guru. You can find the websites, the videos, the articles, and the TV shows I'm currently a part of. Speaking of articles and reviews, I'm writing wine articles and reviews for Yahoo and the exam, so look for those as well. I've also made a Wine 101 video series that can be viewed just about anywhere on the internet. You can look for it on my website, www.stewthewineguru.com, or go to YouTube, or just about any of the industry portals on the Internet. All my wine articles and reviews are now available on any smartphone. Just download the Hello Vino, that's one word, app, and you can take my wine reviews and articles with you anywhere you go. I want all my listeners to please make note and remember that as of February 2nd, my show started and starts at 6 p.m. Eastern instead of 7 p.m. Eastern, as it did. Please also make note that any uh, – it's also important to note that the show will be 30 minutes instead of one hour. This is important because you don't want to miss anything in the future shows. Tonight I have on my show one of the top producers of Pinot Noir out of California. He's one part of the two people who founded his wine company. I'm extremely Happy to have him on for you. The name of his great wine and vineyard is Costa Brown. His name is Dan Costa, and he'll be joining us shortly. Of course, the number to call in is one six four six three eight one four eight six zero. If you're shy and you prefer the computer, 
Email me your questions to info at stewthewineguru.com. You can also tweet me your questions to at stewthewineguru on Twitter, and I'll read them live here on the show and get some answers for you. As always, as I mentioned earlier at the top of the show, I have opened a chat room for the listeners to go into and chat. You can also ask questions of me or Dan, and I'll check into the chat room live periodically during the show to get answers for you. So let me make sure that everyone listening knows Dan's website and can go there for more information about his great wine. To learn more about Dan Costa and Costa Brown Vineyards, go to www.costabrown.com and find out where you can buy it locally or buy it directly online at his website. That's the beauty of the internet. You can sip some wine while you buy some wine. So without further wait, let me bring on my guest for the evening, one of the great winemakers of California, Dan Costa, everyone. Dan, how are you? I'm good, Sue. Can you hear me? I sure can. Absolutely. Excellent. I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, I'm fantastic, and, I, and I, first of all, I want to thank you. I want to start by thanking you for being on my show. It's really great to have you here tonight. Oh, this is uh, this is my pleasure. You know, it's uh, I'm just sitting here uh, out watching the 70 degree warmth out here in California. It's wonderful. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, you and I are probably the only people in the U.S. that are experiencing 70 degree weather or better. I know. Just I about everybody else. About that. I, I'm not gloating. <laughs> No, it's okay. You can gloat. My show people can gloat. <laughs> okay, good. I allow it. We have a half hour of gloating. <laughs> That's all it's going to be, Dan. Didn't you know that? It's just going to be a half hour of gloating about how nice the weather is. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, I have many questions for you, and I'll just let you know how it works so this way we can get right into it. I have uh, the chat room. Of course, people in the chat room can, uh, you know, I have tweeted questions, and I have email questions. So I will get right to my questions so I can kind of give people a little bit of an idea about who you are and what Costa Brown is all about. So give me an idea. What is your earliest memory of your dad's discussions at the dinner table about wine growing up? Because I know there were many. Yeah, there there were many. And we were able to, uh, me and my brothers, we were, we were able to have a little bit of wine with dinner periodically. And uh, we wouldn't have the wine though without discussing it and i think back then we're talking boy you know five six seven years old um we didn't get too in depth as far as uh varietals and you know cabernet versus pinot noir or any of that we we really just discussed uh, uh pure pleasure of wine do we like it why do we like it why don't we like it and again for a five-year-old six-year-old seven-year-old Having a five-year-old now, uh, I know that you know there's only a certain level of understanding that a five-year-old is going to have. But so I think that just the uh, what the respect that we that I have for wine now came from those discussions. Just a, a simple terms: Do you like it? Do you not? And can you explain why? So those were really cool, and we discussed that every time uh, we had wine. That was uh, that was the rule. If we have wine, we're going to talk about it. That's excellent. I really I think I have to tell you. Um, because you're opening the minds of, uh, you know, a young person and, you know, with no preconceived notions, as you were saying, I mean, it's probably the likelihood of any parent who's in the wine business, whether it be a winemaker or, of course, owning a, a wine shop, you probably would want to be telling them everything you possibly could tell them. But to really just get words from them and their impressions as early as that is really a fantastic way of going about it, just one man's opinion here. 
not having that uh you know that um history growing up um, so i have i'm going to go to email questions right away that uh, sure. have come in here as we speak uh let's see so the first one is from uh is from Colleen 619 from Halifax Nova Scotia and it says wow. we love you cool. here in yeah we we love you here in Halifax please ask Stan what he feels the difference is between the pinots of o- uh, Okanagan and the Sonoma and Russian River ones taste wise Thanks and wow. cheers to you both. So first, I want to I want to thank uh, Colleen six one nine from Halifax, Nova Scotia, for asking your question. And Dan, take it away. Wow, that's pretty cool. I I do not claim to be a a, a pro at the uh, Okanagan Valley, but I I tell you that I have had some. Uh, mm-hmm. I do quite a bit of uh, wine judging, and so uh, the wines that yes, I've had do. from that area that that's kind of that was the forum the forum for those wines for me, and I didn't know. That they were from Okanagan. However, I was I was thrilled with the quality of them. Uh, the Pinot Noirs that I had were um, they were a little fuller bodied. Uh, I'm not sure if that was a you know a a um, a, a, a result of winemaking or if that was a, something of a terroir, something of that place in Okanagan. So uh, okay. I was I definitely said that I. I said at the time that they were New World style, meaning that they were um, pretty fruit-driven, um, lots of aromatics in the glass, some serious depth to them. And I think that, that in a lot of cases that's what we get here in the Russian River and Sonoma uh, Coast Appalachians. Uh, but mm-hmm. there definitely is a lot of different decisions that you make as a winemaker about when to pick, uh, how ripe do you want these wines to be. Um, so winemaker wine making definitely has the ability to trump terroir in in a lot of cases and uh but those Okanagan Valley wines were very similar to a lot of the California pinots that I've had and and, and that's interesting i know I appreciate that because um you know a lot of people don't realize that unfortunately not export the Okanagan wines outside of Canada so right. in order to to experience them, you have to go there to try them, and uh, uh, that's uh, that's great. I really appreciate uh, the question, and I and I really appreciate the answer too. It's uh, because for those of us who've never had a chance to try them, um, that gives us a little insight. So the next one is from Carlos Vinhos Vinhos twenty from Buenos Aires, Argentina. It says, "Stu, I've been listening to your show for many months and enjoy all of your guests. I love Pinot Noirs, and I wanted to ask your guest Dan." If he thinks Argentina will be the next place for Pinos to come from, that's a great question. Thank you. So, thank you, Carlos Vinos, twenty from Buenos Aires, and uh, Dan. Yeah, I'm digging these questions. That's great. We go from Nova Scotia to, to Argentina in one fell swoop. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I that's was, my uh, show, I my had... friend. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, isn't that that's so cool that uh, uh, Pinot? manifests itself you know the, the diversity all over the world which is which is fantastic and i love this question uh i was down in mendoza about two years ago and uh i was lucky enough to be sitting at the the hyatt down there in mendoza and uh, a distributor came in and knew i was there and so uh, we, we did some blind tasting of about 20 different pinot noirs and uh, quite frankly some of them weren't that good but the ones that were good were really good and i tell you um I think the most promising area down there for Pinot Noir is Patagonia, a little farther south than Mendoza. 
and a little bit cooler, which, of course, for Pinot Noir is, is very good. So my favorite wines were from Patagonia. There were a few from uh, the Tupangato area, which is uh, just outside of Mendoza by about an hour, um, up in about that 4,000 feet elevation right at the base of the Andes. Um, but, you know, those were grown right next door to Malbec, and that kind of tells you that they're they're maybe they're uh, not struggling, but they're they're still figuring out the best areas to plant Pinot Noir in that area. And I, if you're planted next to Malbec, the implication there is that it's probably a bit too warm for Pinot. So the ones that I gravitated towards uh, were the Patagonian Pinot Noirs, also uh, in a Pinot industry in its infancy down there. But uh, I think there's a lot of promise, especially with the uh, – you, you look at the Malbecs that you're getting out of Argentina now and how reasonably priced they are for a great quality. I think you're going to sure. see some uh, some similar trends with Pinot Noir down there. That's great. That's great news to hear because, in all honesty, uh, for the Pinot lovers, um, it's nice to know that it's going to now come from other regions, one, and two, that uh, they'll do as they have with the Malbecs. Uh, and price them accordingly, so that makes it affordable for the uh, for the average Pinot lover. So exactly. there's your answer, Carlos Vinos 20 from Buenos Aires. Um, next one is from El Jefe Blanco <laughs> from San Juan, Puerto Rico. It says, "How are you, Stu? I really enjoy your show and saw your TV appearance when I was in Florida visiting relatives. Well, thank you. Um, please ask Mr. Costa if his in his travels he thought of other places." to grow grapes to make his wine. Hmm. Thank you. So that's a question from El Jefe Blanco from San Juan, Puerto Rico. <laughs> I love that. I was in San Juan last year, too, and uh, I love it down there. It was my first time. It was great. Someone um, should you. Well, I know. <laughs> I tell you. All the people but that I, met you. What's that? I'm sorry. I said all the people that met you are following you on the show and asking you <laughs> questions. <laughs> It's great. I love it. It's like Johnny Appleseed with Pinot Noir. Uh, there you go. You know, as a vendor, you always think about um, where you can plant grapes. Uh, in the United States, of course, all 50 states uh, now have grapes and, and wineries. So, you know, grapes can be grown just about everywhere. Whether they should or not, that remains uh, to be to be uh, discussed. But um, as, as Pinot Noir um, producers, we, we think about places like we've discussed already, like an Okanagan Valley or uh, Patagonia or Central Otago in New Zealand, um, which I think is also another promising area that is in its infancy. Um, and they're going to be pumping out some really good wines, especially, I think, as those vines mature a bit and, and as does their winemaking. Um, so as far as Costa Brown goes, however, I think we're pretty much committed to Russian River, Sonoma Coast, and a little bit of uh, Central Coast, specifically Santa Lucia Highlands in Monterey County. We make uh, 10 different Pinots or, Pinot Noirs right now, and we, we feel that that's plenty. Uh, a lot of people have asked us specifically, have we thought about making uh, Pinot Noir from Oregon? And the answer is yes, of course we think about it, uh, but do we act upon it? Probably not. There's only so much that we can do. And to maintain uh, what our brand is, which is uh, a focus on Pinot Noir, of course, uh, and then a focus on just a, a handful of different uh, uh, growing regions and world-class vineyards, that's kind of that's in our scope right now as far as any other uh, plans to expand. That would have to be outside of, of Costa Brown, I think. And it's always, like I said, as a vintner, you're always thinking about where you're going to make your next wine. 
Sure, sure. So I'm going to ask you some of my questions. Um, I, I wanted to get to that so this way my listeners have a little bit more in-depth knowledge about Costa Brown. So you're the Costa. Let's talk a little bit about the Brown part. Um, yeah. You guys met uh, in 1997. So tell us about your first meeting with Michael and what that was what? like and well, it's funny because uh, actually it was in 1992 uh, oh, okay. we started making wine together in 97, so uh, that's that makes sense. But uh, we met in 1992. Uh, mm-hmm. I was working at John Ash and Company in Santa Rosa, California. Uh, I had been working there for two years. I was a lunchtime server. Uh, and I came to work one day, and there was this new guy who came in as a waiter and uh, and we, we were just setting up with the sections, and we got to talking, and we, and we hit it off right away in 92. Right. Uh, you know, I could tell because I could tell by the way he was setting up his section that he was like me. He was taking a lot of care in what he did, and it wasn't just we were waiting tables while we, while we went to school, but at the same time, we weren't just passive. We were We were passionate about food and wine and service, and I could see that in Michael right away, and I knew that uh, we had a lot in common. So... Uh, we became friends through work. Uh, as the years went by, uh, we would work there periodically, go away to school, go, Michael would move up. He moved up to Washington at one point, but we stayed in touch. And in 1997, I was uh, now the manager of the restaurant and wine director, and I got a phone call from Michael Brown. He was up in Seattle working for a wine distributor up there and called me saying, hey, you know what, I'm getting, I'm, I'm leaving this life. I'm going to come back down to Sonoma County. I've met the girl that I'm going to marry. And I have this internship uh, lined up at Deerfield Ranch Winery in uh, Kenwood, Sonoma County. Okay, sure. And uh, since it's an internship, Dan, can I, could I get a job at John Ashton Company working at nights? I said, well, yes, of course. You can do anything you want. Bartend, you could help me with the wines, whatever, whatever it takes. And by the way, I'm, I'm intrigued by winemaking as well. So now that you have access to Deerfield Ranch Winery, maybe you and I could, uh, uh, you know, make a barrel of wine together. Uh, and that was um, that was in the summer of '97. Uh, and so we decided that we would collect tip money uh, every time we worked. We would uh, collect our tips and take ten bucks each and put them in a white envelope. And by the time harvest came around, a few months later, we had uh, about. $1,300 that we bought a half a ton of Pinot Noir fruit, which makes about a barrel. So we had to buy an old used barrel and a hand crank stemmer crusher, and we made our first wine, and it was pretty pretty darn good. It was good enough to encourage us to start a business out of it. That's awesome. That is really awesome. And, and, and like I said, you know, it's interesting how a lot of the winemakers that I've talked to over the course of the year or so that I've been doing this uh, have come by working with the people that they work with when it when it's a partnership or it's a family uh you know how they decide who makes the the you know the the who who starts the impetus for it. Hey listen we've got a caller so let me grab this call and uh Great. we'll take a call and see what we got here. Hi caller, what is your name and where are you calling from? Hey Stu, this is Debbie, Historia Wine Diva, calling out of Astoria, hey. New York. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. Hi, Hi Dan, how are you? I'm never better. Never it's better. wonderful. Yeah, it sounds like it. You're nice and warm compared to our chilly and northeast <laughs> exactly. weather. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, Stu, love your show. Thank you so much. I get great information off of it. But I'm glad you have Dan on here. I had a couple questions. Um, we've got the, you know, the big New York Wine Expo coming up at the end of February. And um, 
our New York City Vin Village group has several attendees that are going to be there for that Friday evening tasting. Dan, is Costa um, Brown going to have, are you guys going to be attending, and are you going to show, be showcasing any of your wines? You know what? I'm sorry. We're not going to be out there. Um, we don't have uh, plans to be in New York. I don't have plans to be in New York until uh, October, which is when the uh, Wine Spectator uh, event is uh, it takes place every year. Uh, we simply just don't have a lot of ability to go out to all of these festivals. We have a waiting list at the winery, and it's and it's tough to to get out there and, and pour a whole bunch of cases of wine and and then tell people, boy, here's here's a little taste of what you can't have. Yeah, <laughs> so that, exactly. That's a little difficult, <laughs> so we have to pick and choose, and that's why most of the events that we do uh, revolve around uh, wine auctions for children's charities, that those kinds of things, to where. We, we're not. We can leverage a little bit to raise money for great causes. Um, now, that's not saying that we don't do uh, any festivals at all. We did participate on a limited basis with Pinot Days, and uh, which I think you have, you had out in New York and Chicago, and of course here in uh, in uh, California. But uh, I'm sorry to miss you. I, I have a great time, and uh, hopefully uh, the the snow lets up so you, people can actually get in there, huh? Absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you. Also, you know, another quick question. As a single vineyard, and you guys have, what, many years of highest, you know, rated points on your um, Pinot, a couple of times I had, well, I had an option. I've been in the restaurant business um, myself, having a restaurant in Kansas City, Missouri, years ago, but um, I recall a, you had a rosé in a Syrah. What, what, do you have any plans in the future to venture out again, or what kind of drives you guys to make that decision to all of a sudden just have this, you know, inaugural wine that comes out, other than the Pinot. Oh, whimsy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we, you're right. We did have the, uh, we had the rosé and we had the Syrah. Now that is, uh, I say had because we don't uh, do those anymore. With the Syrah, we did 04, 05, and 06. And with the rosé, we stopped making that in 2007, uh, just because it was it was very difficult. And quite frankly, we, you don't make any money on it. You lose money on it. Um, but it was nice to have. I love that wine. Now yeah. uh, we 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 still have uh, the urge to do certain things. So uh, just yesterday, we bottled our first uh, 2009 Russian River Chardonnay. So, oh wow! Uh, I know. You know, it's so funny because uh, I, I I said that we Michael and I both said we'd never make Chardonnay. So I kind of my pet name for the project is Hell Freezes Over. Uh, but, but you know, we wanted to make a, uh, a Chardonnay that reflects our taste, um, and you know, our, our, I think our Pinot Noirs are widely considered to be full-bodied and very new world. The Chardonnay is is not quite that big. Um, I think my palate uh, with whites is a little uh, old world. So the Chardonnay is about 50% malolactic fermentation. So we're we're uh, we're not getting that huge buttery Chardonnay, we have some nice crisp acidity, which we get naturally in the Russian River Valley anyway. And then as far as the oak treatment, it's about 50% new oak. So, again, it's not a big oaky, buttery bomb. It's got elegance and acidity and cleanliness to it, but a nice, you know, uh, uh, California, um, uh, nice complexity and, and, and depth in it as well. So look for that. Oh, it sounds fabulous, yeah. Cases, and we're going to release that one in the fall. Sounds wonderful. Well, Dan, oh. I appreciate it. Thank you so much oh, for the great information. So and Yeah, oh, keep up the fabulous work. It, February is, is Pinot Noir month, so that's what you I know, just, that's that's what the, I just the heard. Problem, <laughs> the only problem with that is, is that it's the shortest month. 
But you know, it's it's perfect for a Valentine gift. I would love a a beautiful bottle of you know Costa Brown Pinot for a gift. So there you go. Anyway, cheers. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Deborah, for calling in. Uh, Have a great. Thanks for participating on the show. And be well and uh, stay warm. Absolutely. Do the same. Ditto. Take care. Um, Bye bye. Bye. So we only have really a couple minutes left here. I, I guess what I wanted to do is maybe ask you if there are any wine events or uh, things with Costa Brown. Obviously, you mentioned the Chardonnay, so that's excellent. I want everybody to, in the um, chat room, is the, your uh, clickable icon for your website so people can go Great. there and check everything out. But I want, I want you to just let my listeners know, is there anything happening with the winery or any events that you want people to go to or consider coming up? Absolutely, and you know, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna wing it, uh, not having that list in front of me. But if you want to, uh, we do list our, the events uh, on our website. Um, yes, and, and I do encourage people to go to these events. It is a chance to try the wines, especially if you if you're not on our list and you just want to give them a try. There's lots of uh, auctions and other events that we do around the country. Uh, I'll be at the Miami Boat Show next week. Uh, after that, we work with the 49er Foundation up in uh, Tahoe. So if anyone in California wants to join us in Tahoe and a whole bunch of 49ers, that's a fun one to go to as well. Sure. Uh, then in April, we'll, we'll hit uh, Destin, Florida. I'll hit Destin, Florida twice. We have a throwdown barbecue uh, with Emeril Lagasse at the first week nice. of April. And then the uh, at the last weekend of April, I'll be doing the Destin Charity Wine Auction as well. And then if you're out in California in May, uh, I am the three-time defending Croquet Vintner Champion, uh, which is a Make-A-Wish nice. uh, event out at Sonoma Couture Winery. So if you want to come and drink wine and uh, watch me uh, spill red wine all over my white outfit, and then hopefully win the croquet tournament. That's good. I believe that's May 14th, so that's cool. And uh, during that time, too, we're going to be doing the Wine Spectator Grand Tour. So, again, I don't have the date in front of me right now, but we'll be in Boston and Vegas and Chicago all throughout the month of May. So immediately those are the best things, uh, and and hopefully we'll see uh, some some people that have listened to the show. Oh, absolutely. You most definitely will. Now that you've been on it, you will. (laughs) I guarantee you. So I (laughs) listen Dan. I, I want to thank you. Um, uh, you know, it's all the time I have, and I want to thank you for being my guest tonight. And I appreciate you giving my listeners such great insight into your world uh, and the wines that you produce that are really crafted so well. Um, please, I'll, I'll work it out to have you on again because there's so many more questions I have. I'm sure there's a lot more questions out there that you know we could uh, field from the uh, ether and uh, yeah. the, the enthusiastic. World, wine world out there, so uh, I'll definitely have you on again, and, and thanks so much for everything. Stu, thank you. This is great. I love talking about wine, so you call me uh, anytime, and we'll do it again. Perfect. And say hi to Michael for me as well, and, and thank him, too. I will, Stu. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Be well. So long. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. So, that was Dan Costa of Costa Brown. Uh, I want to make first thank everybody for um, listening in and everyone that called in and emailed and tweeted. Um, I have just some show notes before we close out the show. Any Anthony Bourdain fans like me, he will be making a one-night-only appearance at the Coral Springs Center for the Arts on February 15th. Go to www.coralspringscenterforthearts.com for more information and to get tickets to go to the show. Don't miss this because he's uh, he's phenomenal if you ever watch No Reservations. I'll be a guest on 
the Emmy first. So fire up your DVR for that. I'll also do a guest shot on the hit CNBC World Show, Wine Portfolio, with host Jody Ness. The show is talking, taking on the Miami wine and food scene. And during the taping of my episode, I showed them around Miami, took them to the best places for both food and wine. We also discussed my radio show and the wine industry as a whole. The taping was in November, and the show will air sometime this month, possibly early March. So check your local listings for that. Cannot wait for you to see those shows. Also, for all of you wanting to know what events I'll be attending so you can meet up with me like my tweeples do on Twitter, February 24th through the 27th, I'll be covering the 10th Annual Food Network South Beach Wine and Food Festival. It's been 10 years. Wow. You have to check this out. All the cool chefs, my friends, Chef Adrian Calvo, Chef Michelle Bernstein, Bobby Flay, Rachel Ray, all the who's who of the wine industry, and of course... I'll be there covering all the action, so come say hi. March 18th through the 20th, I'll be reporting on the Boca Bacanal event. They have great wine dinners, a wine auction, and a grand tasting that you do not want to miss. Lots of good stuff happening here the first few months of, Flor- of the year down here in Florida. And that's the schedule so far, so keep listening, and I'll keep you posted. Yeah, hi, this is Tony Danza. You listen to Student Wine Guru. He's not bad. I listen to him every once in a while, you know. Drink a Tuscan Red, try to take down the edge. Pretty good. I like them. Not bad. So, that's it. As I always say, if it's time to pour the wine, it's time for Stu the Wine Guru. Drink up. Uh, if you have any questions you can about the show, you can email them to info at stewthewineguru.com. You can go to my website as well, www.stewthewineguru.com. Click on the link for all my wine articles, videos, and listen to archived wine talk shows. And lastly, Miami Nonstop. And that is a uh, channel that uh, NBC is starting down here in South Florida. And I will be seeing uh, a segment called Your Wine List. So look for that. I'll give you more information. You can check out a sneak preview on my website of my segment. That's it. Again, good night and good wine, everyone. And now on Blog Talk Radio, you're...